Hello and welcome to Saturday Night Hive. I'm Candace and I'm here today with Hibba, my friend, to talk about the Nick Jonas, Nick Jonas episode of SNL. Hello, Hibba. Hey, Candace. All right, Hibba. Let's just dive into this because I found this episode so boring for so many reasons, but Let's not criticize Nick Jonas without telling him why we're criticizing him. I want to start first. What is kind of your impression of Nick Jonas and what did you like expect or think before going into this? Uh, I feel like I have a lot of complicated thoughts and feelings about Nick Jonas and uh, full disclaimer, I'm going to lay those out before I talk about the episode because I feel like it really colors my feelings. Like going into the episode, I was expecting to be underwhelmed and I was so (laughs) yeah I think okay so for me I was a Nick Jonas fan like when the Jonas Brothers were like at their peak when they were like doing camp rock and when he was very like uh like cute curly headed teen that was like the shy guitar guy and that was like my peak love for Nick Jonas like their song love bug like all of that I personally feel like everything that he's done after that has been downhill. And I don't think that his music today is bad. I'm just thinking that because he got so famous, he was able to like ride on the coattails of that fame. And he keeps trying to like break out as a solo artist. And I don't know, I just feel like like any famous white guy, like he did one cool thing one time in like, then he d- he recently did another thing where he, like, married Priyanka Chopra, where, like, she's, like, obviously a A-A-A-list celebrity, and he's, like, I don't know, maybe V-minus, but, like, people will never forget him because of that. And, like, also I have mixed feelings about her and her politics and all of that, but, like, power to her. She married, like, a hot guy that was 10 years younger than her. Like, for all of the celebrity guys that marry younger women, like, I feel like it's only right that women do the same sometimes, but I feel like he's never not going to be relevant. So, like... Okay, here's, I know I've said a lot, but let me just like get down to it. Does he deserve to be both the host and the musical guest? Is he that good? No. Was he allowed to do so because of what all the reasons that I may have just stated? Yes. And that is really the essence Mm -hmm. of what bothers me. Like there really haven't been that many host musical guests. And one of them, you know, is my all-time favorite, Drake, who absolutely does deserve Mm. it. Um, But yeah. That's where I'm at with Nick Jonas, and I have a lot of other qualms, but I'm happy with your summing up the episode as boring, so that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, Hibba, this is beautiful. This is important, because I really think that when I first meet someone, and usually, like, a person I really want to be friends with, the third question I ask them is, like, <laughs> so who was your favorite Jonas in high school? And I swear <laughs> to God, I've met one person who said it was Kevin, Do I still talk to her? No. Did you end the conversation immediately after her answer? Yes. (laughs) You know, I had to find a really good way to pivot out of there. But here's the thing. My, first off, I love, I love that you called Nick's marriage a thing, like a thing that he did. Because I just want to take it back two years. Like, his wedding to Priyanka Chopra was sponsored the entire thing was sponsored from the venue to the vodka to the bachelor party to his socks probably 
And I still can't figure out why they did that. Like, it's not like anyone's doing favors. It's either like, are you not as like wealthy as I thought you were? Or is there like something else happening here? Regardless, two years have passed. Really proud of them for making it through. With that being said, I agree with you. When I think of all the people who can pull double duty, the list is slim and the truth of the matter is you kind of have to have not only like talent as a musician, talent as a performer, you got to have that like star power, that kind of asterisk. And I think you're right that Drake had that. Miley had that. Harry Styles had that. And I would also give it up to Lady Gaga if she, has she ever done both? No, right? I don't think so, but she has it. You're right. She has it. Star is born. And so it's just funny that they would kind of assume that Nick has that potential. I understand where it's coming from. I think when we think of all the risks that they have taken this season, like Reggae Jean was kind of a risk, right? Because not only is he flying in from the other side of the world, but we had never seen him in a comedic space. And so like we didn't know what he would bring, but he brought it so hard that the expectations were high. But Now we're coming into this place where part of it is logistical, which is that like, you know, they are doing five or six episodes in a row, which is kind of crazy for the cast. And then on top of that, how many celebrities are willing to quarantine? How many of them are willing to like take weeks off from like quarantine production sets and all that stuff? So there's a lot going on, but I think we should just get to the matter. Let's start at the top. What did you think of, like, the cold open and the monologue? Okay, so I thought the cold open was actually pretty solid. I feel like they needed to talk about the vaccine and the game show was the perfect way to do that. It reminded me a lot of when um, Obamacare launched and they had the sketch about the website failing. So I thought that was pretty funny and relatable. The monologue was underwhelming and I feel like it just kind of set the tone for, like, how the rest of the show is going to be. First of all, I thought he was trying to do too much. Like, I expected his brothers to show up at some point, so when that happened, I was like, okay, cool. But then he also started, like, singing a musical, and I was just like, this is annoying. And, like, but, yeah, I feel like the two things that he came to do were, like, play the hot guy in every sketch and sing as much as possible, and that's exactly what he did, and there was no, like, innovation there. Exactly. I agree with you, especially with that monologue. It was interesting because Nick Jonas kind of, like, got discovered and, like, had a bit of a Broadway stint when he was, like, really young, kind of, like, in an Ariana Grande way. Right. And I'm not going to lie. I would actually pay, in 2022 or three, I would pay to see Nick Jonas play, like, a supporting role in a Broadway show. I'd do it. He seems like he'd have fun. Um, And the Kevin Jonas cameo was kind of interesting because... I can't believe I'm going to say this, Heba. Is Kevin hot now? (laughs) It was just his shirt, to be honest. It was just like a very fitted shirt. But I had the same thought. And then I was like, you know, Joe is not here. So it's not fair to do the comparison. (laughs) You're right. You know what? I get what you're saying. It's like in a friend group when you're like the average of your friends. But if you take Joe out, Kevin automatically like seems hotter becomes the higher Jonas yeah I get it and I completely agree with you I think what's interesting about Nick Jonas is that he has a very specific type of singing he does which is that like yeah he hits his falsettos yeah he does that really tinny thing where he's like really close up on the mic um and 
his monologue was like cute but i agree with you in that when he brought those four cast members onto stage that's when i was kind of like whoa 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 there's like too much going on and nick jonas you are the best singer out of all of them so you should kind of just do your take thing. the reins a bit but in terms of sketches did any stand out to you did it were there any ones that you actually enjoyed I actually really loved the Diane Warwick sketch. I love that they okay. brought that back. Um, and Ego is amazing as usual. Mm-hmm. I also really loved Pete returning as Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Um, just like, honestly, I want to see a fashion show that's just Pete Davidson dressed up in different outfits that Machine Gun Kelly has worn. So that was pretty funny. All of the references to, like, fighting Wendy Williams were funny. But, yeah, notice, like, the lack of Nick being featured in that sketch being my favorite. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I I really appreciated Ego asking, why are you from Canada, Mr. Weekend? That is actually a question I would, like, answered myself. Right. Um, And I really, really, really loved that someone had the audacity to write, Nick Jonas, I've heard that you were the most boring coach on The Voice because it's true, and I love that. And that's the thing, though. I have a solid feeling that Nick being on SNL this week was not only a good, good two-for-one deal from The Voice because they're coming back, but on top of that, apparently he's in a movie that dropped on Friday with Tom Holland that, like, no one's talking about. No one... No, like if anything, the only movie I think when I think Nick Jonas is like Jumanji, maybe. I just think about Camp Rock, honestly. That's his claim to fame in my, <gasps> oh my mind. God. Yeah, Camp Rock, Camp Rock 2, Jonas LA, all the hits, top of the IMDb. I want to now go to the mirror sketch, which is kind of funny because Hibba, first off, do you know anyone with a mirror? Because I don't. I don't either. And. I actually don't know if it's, like, popular enough for people to know what they were talking about. Like, yeah. that, that was my concern. I like their, um, like, the Peloton sketch they did and, like, the Soul Cycle ones that they do. But I don't know if the mirror is, like, that much in the mainstream. I thought logistically, yeah. though, as a sketch, it, it was cool because, um, like, they can make the set work in a way where you could see everyone at once. So, I don't know. I thought it was a good idea. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting because the reason why the soul cycle sketches work with like the taunting but like self-deprecating instructors is cuz we all are like familiar with soul cycle even if we don't go, we know so we know someone who does, we see the studios. I would give like a little bit of that to Peloton as well, even though Peloton in the past year, that's only when it kind of became like Viral. you know, more popular to like the people that we work with. And the mirror is a very obscure rich people thing, like truly, truly obscure. Also, the funny thing about the mirror is that like it's technology, but it's also just a mirror, (laughs) right? And so my hot take is number one, I'm sure Nick Jonas has five mirrors in his houses. I'm sure he does. Um, Sorry, in Priyanka's houses, he has a mirror. Girl, you know she's got, like, billions, and he has, like, I don't know, maybe a million. You're right. He's renting her place. You're so right. 
I love that. Um, you know, when this sketch came on, the first thing I said was, oh, thank God Nick Jonas is using his body for good, finally. <laughs> because at the end of the day, Nick Jonas is known for being hot. And right. hey, Nick, if you're listening, yeah, you're hot. I don't care. But can I just say, can you imagine an SNL cast member having the body of Nick Jonas while being on SNL? That would end it. That would end it for all people, right? The problem is that he's like, too self-aware that he is hot and so he can never be anything else like he can't also be funny you know that's a good point because actually at the end of the day one of the most unattractive qualities is when someone knows that they're hot right because that's not even that's like not even a type of confidence that's a type of lifestyle yeah you breathe different because we don't breathe the same air at the end of the day I thought the sketch was, like, fine. And another sketch I wanted to bring up is the murder show sketch, where Nick kind of just plays, like, this boyfriend who, like, leaves the apartment while his girlfriend, Chloe Fineman, good for her, mm-hmm. um, watches murder shows on Netflix. I thought it was funny because I think we all know this was the exact same set from the Loco sketch <laughs> from last week, which is, like, great. Like, I love reusable tiles. But... What did you think of this sketch? I thought it was actually pretty funny. Um, For all of my hating on Nick Jonas, do I want to be the girl friend? Yes, sometimes. Wow. But I thought it was... Okay, the most relatable part of it for me was like at the end when Melissa Villasenor was like, I also like baking shows. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, But yeah, I thought it was pretty funny that like, and this is actually totally a thing that comes up at work where like me and my coworkers have talked about like before the pandemic, you would like come home and like watch TV and unwind and it would be like murder mysteries and drama and all of that stuff. But like now you actually have to find like lighter, funnier shows to watch because like the world is really heavy. So I felt like it was a relevant sketch. And I also like when they do musical bits. So that was fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be a little counterculture and say that I didn't love the sketch mainly because I don't watch shows about cults or murder mysteries. But on top of that, in my head, I kind of felt like one thing that maybe didn't work about it is that it wasn't as timely as it could have been. Like, the shows that they referenced in that sketch, I understand the Cecil Hotel one, that one just came out. Right. But everything else they had referenced had come out, like, a year ago. Even the cult stuff, like Nexium, like, a year ago. And so I was kind of like, is Nick Jonas in a place where he, like, just watched all of these shows and he was like, hey, guys, I'm loving... All these murder mysteries about women. (laughs) Let's write something there. Anyway. I think that's a good point, though, because I think one of the problems with this week's episode was that nothing felt particularly timely, right? So, Mm -hmm. like, the murder show sketch that you just talked about, it is one of those evergreen sketches where, like, you could watch it back, like, a year from now, or they could have done it last year, and it wouldn't really have, like, mattered, right? And I felt like that about a lot of the sketches, like, they weren't tied to a specific, like, pop culture moment or anything like that. And even when they tried to do that, like, with the mirror workout sketch, it was, like, such an obscure rich people thing. Yeah, and you know what? When I, like, really looked down at the list of sketches that he did this week, like, let's really just look at it. He did a sketch about, oh, I don't know, getting boners with his friends at a bachelor party, which was very promising young woman, by the way. 
That's one. He did a Cinderella <laughs> sketch where, of course, he played Prince Charming. That right. I was like, good casting, good casting. And he actually like did well in that. But he's... <laughs> But he played a sketch where he was a Prince Charming who impregnated, a, like, a beautiful rat. Uh, and then Kenan Thompson says, that's a freaky little shoe. Okay. And then, remember that soul roller coaster sketch where the whole premise was, like, awkward middle schoolers, like, I don't know, getting a little too close in the roller coaster? Like, what did you think about that? Okay, so this just, like, proves my theory that he always has to be the hot guy in all of the sketches. Like, I actually think mm-hmm. it would have been so much funnier if they hadn't made Kyle Mooney be, like, the lone guy out. Like, yeah. if they had made Kyle one of part of one of the couples and then they had made Nick, yeah. who's, like, obviously hot, make fun of himself and be like, oh, I don't have anyone to go on this ride with. Like, it was just so unoriginal because they hit the joke once, they hit the joke twice, like... Like, there was no twist at the end, and so, yeah, I just feel like there wasn't a single sketch where he wasn't playing a hot guy, which is, like, himself. Like, like there wasn't really a lot of pushing mm-hmm. of the envelope there. Do you think that comes from a lack of self-awareness of, like, what Nick thinks we think about him, or do you think it's straight up just that he's not funny? Oh my god, great question. I feel like he's just not that funny, like... Because we had this discussion also when we were talking about the Dan Levy episode and how, like, Dan Levy sort of fit into all of the characters that we thought he would play. But he was still funny as all of those characters because he was still bringing a lot of personality and, like, charm to it. And Nick Jonas was literally just hot in all of the sketches, which is, like, I'm bored. Like, he's hot in real life. Like, why did I come here to see this, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing. When I really look at all of the characters he played in these sketches, they were all some comment on masculinity or the type of man he thinks he is. But on top of that, he thought, I'm going to subvert masculinity by being in this sketch about boning a rat. I'm going to subvert masculinity by hanging out with my bros at a bachelor party. Like, I don't think... He didn't ever accomplish it. Exactly. He thinks he has range. He doesn't. And I actually also mean this in terms of his music. Okay, let's get into it. (laughs) Here's the reason why Nick Jonas is not a more successful solo artist. (laughs) In this essay, I will... In this tweet thread, I will. Here's the thing. Nick Jonas's new album is called Spaceman, and he performed the title track on SNL with some, like, pretty unfortunately on-the-nose references about being home and isolated during quarantine and the pandemic. First off, don't need that. Second, the sound of it is so much of what we've heard before. Nick Jonas and the administration chains, champagne problems. Like, we've been there. And I think what's really interesting about Nick Jonas as a musician is that when you look at him and, like, the Jonas Brothers, the Jonas Brothers were discovered because of him. Like, he was the shining prince boy talent who could sing better than all of them. Right. And when I look at a song like Love Bug, which, hey, good song. I listen to it when I'm sad. And that is a song that kind of made us question like oh my god maybe Nick Jonas is like a good songwriter like maybe there's actually something more here when we look at those three brothers he is the one that we all pegged as like the one to go solo he's done solo and yet I like DNCE songs better and so my whole take on this is that the problem with Nick Jonas as a musical artist is that he 
is having trouble reinventing himself as a musician, as a celebrity. He's having, like, a hard time understanding, like, who he is on the spectrum of not only, like, the musicians he admires, but, like, are you an actor? Are you a performer? Are you just the hot guy? Like, I see a lot of questions, but I don't see a lot of grounded footing and self-awareness. Why am I therapizing Nick Jonas on a podcast, Hiba? <laughs> no, I absolutely agree with you. And I think my problem with it is that like, okay, yeah, take time to figure yourself out. But we have, as a society, given this man so much room and leeway and opportunities to do so when like, I don't really know if he deserves it. But, like the world of music is like this like hardcore, like cutthroat, like women have to reinvent themselves like every six months, like think about... Taylor Swift and like how many iterations like I'm not even a huge fan of hers but how many iterations of her that she's gone through and Nick Jonas has just kind of been like surviving off of his like 16 year old fame and like like the stuff that he's putting out now like it's not terrible like let me say if the second song that he performed um in his like orange suit I thought was actually like kind of fun and like if I was listening to it from like a never before heard artists that like wasn't super mainstream I'd be like oh this guy's like a cool up-and-comer but for somebody who's been on the scene for like 10 plus years who we expected so much from who is given so much like space to shine like I'm not saying that he's not good at all I'm just saying that when you are expected to deliver on so much star power that you don't have you you can't really be afforded the time to keep like to still keep figuring yourself out right and that's the part the underlying like misogyny I guess I don't know like the underlying structures that allow him the freedom to do that is like what's annoying to me mm-hmm. yeah I think at the end of the day truly the minute I saw him step out for his monologue I was like Wow, I always think that Nick Jonas is perpetually 23 because I think you're also making a good point, which is that I just remember someone telling me for the first time that, like, celebrities are always stuck at the age that they got famous at. So Justin Bieber, for example, right? I think Nick Jonas kind of falls into that catalog. Now, he was discovered at when he was really young. They got so famous when he was super young And I think because of that, not only is his perception of self, but also his music stuck in the system that like created him and created the Jonas Brothers. But you know what? I'll give him I'll give him one positive. I thought it was really cute that they mentioned Priyanka Chopra once. I wish they had mentioned her more. But you know what? I understood where he was coming from. And he was like, look, love me for me. I get it. I just that's the thing though that bothers me is that he keeps telling us love me for me and he doesn't have that much of a leg to stand on I'm like I if I love you it's because of your 16 year old like Jonas Brothers love bug self it's because of like the star power that like your associations bring it's not because you're still cool like (laughs) exactly yeah that's the thing too what I'm gathering from his humor from the sketches he picked this week is that is Nick Jonas cool uh And more importantly, I think Nick Jonas is a pop artist. I don't think he is a pop star. But who is a pop star? Hibba! You are! (laughs) Tell us what you thought about Weekend Update. Oh my god. Okay, it's time for my favorite segment. I actually thought Weekend Update was pretty good this week. Um, It was pretty solid. It 
it wasn't too long. Their jokes were topical and relevant. I liked both of the guests that they had on. So mm-hmm. Cecily mm-hmm. as Marjorie Taylor Greene was like really spot on with all of her theories and just like the way that she was styled and the way that she talked. Um, and her back and forth banter with Colin was pretty funny. And then LeVar Ball. I like don't mm. even follow basketball that much, but I've seen Keenan do that character and like I've seen interviews yeah. with the like him in real life. So I thought that was pretty funny. I was pretty happy with Weekend Update, to be honest. And I was like, like, if anything, them being solid confirmed for me that like SNL without the host interfering in their choices is was still good. Exactly. And maybe that's why Weekend Update was really good this week and the cold open was good this week. Because there was no uh, <laughs> host. <laughs> but with that being said, Hiba, I want to know, walking out of this episode, what's your rating of the Nick Jonas, Nick Jonas SNL episode? Okay, so after giving it a pretty scathing review and commentary for the entirety of this podcast episode, I'm going to go ahead and give it 5 wow. out of 10. Mm-hmm. Orange Nick Jonas suits. Ooh. I'm going to dig a little deeper. I'm going to give this one 4 out of 10 freaky little shoes from the Cinderella sketch. (laughs) You know, I'm going to be very honest. This was a very boring episode for me. I truly walked away feeling a bit unremarked. However, I am very happy for the cast and the crew because... They've been doing five shows in a row, which is hard for them. And now they have a full month off, which is great. And I hope they are able to refresh and think a little bit more about what they want to bring in for the spring. Obviously, the news never stops. So Colin and Michael will be very busy. But at the end of the day, we are in a panorama and everyone needs a break. We will be back to recap the March 27th episode with Maya Rudolph, who is clearly going to bring the VP back. And Jack Harlow. Interesting musical guest. Let's see how this goes. Thanks for (laughs) hanging with me, Hibba. Of course. Even though I have a lot of feelings about Nick Jonas, I enjoyed and arguably needed this debrief. So thank y'all for listening. (laughs) Agree, agree. All right. Bye. Bye.